you'll take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 4. We're looking at the story where Jesus calms the storm and it's going to be, um, a lot of times we look at that and we think, oh, isn't that cool and isn't Jesus just going to come out here and take care of the hurricane? Well, that's not the point of the story. Um, it isn't that Jesus is a magician and up there and waves his magic wand and takes care of all the things that we worry about. The question is, is what do we do with our fear? Because there is a, a sense of there's a grip of fear that grabs us. And so um, the question says, when what you've already dreaded actually happens, what do you do then? So what about first responders who don't come home from work? Teenagers who don't make it home from a party. Those that lose everything to a hurricane. Or fishermen who never make it home from sea. See, this kind of leads us to a place in Mark chapter where Jesus is telling the disciples to go out. And so we're looking at this passage starting in verse 35 through 41. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray. Again, Heavenly Father, as we come to your word, Lord, may we see Christ and not the storm. Lord, may we run again to you, falling at your feet, knowing that you are the faithful one, and you love us with an undying love. So, Father, calm our fears and increase our love and our faith in you. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So the first thing we need to see about the storm is, one, it's not an accident, now, we know this is because this is probably an eyewitness account, and it's probably an eyewitness account of Peter, Simon Peter. So Simon Peter is looking back on this event, and Mark is the one who is writing the story for him. And as he's looking back, we can see it's an eyewitness account because of the details that he gives. He tells us of where Jesus is in the boat. He tells us of the great windstorm and how many boats were there together. It's things that only an eyewitness can give to us. He's not retelling a story. He's looking back upon the thing that has happened to him. So as he begins to reflect, he tells the story from a perspective of saying, it's Jesus who told him to cross. And it's, so it's a, it's really, it's a very telling kind of situation because he's almost saying, hey, it's Jesus's fault. It's God's fault that we found ourselves in the midst of this storm because they probably wouldn't have gone out. 
They probably wouldn't have definitely gone out in the evening, it says. I mean, they probably would have gone out during the daytime, but in the evening time, they probably wouldn't have gone out as normal professional fishermen. But Jesus says, let's go cross the lake in the evening time. And so they find themselves in the midst of it. And so it's very easy to say, well, this is God's fault that we find ourselves in the midst here. Not only is it Jesus' fault that they're in the storm, but what also ticks them off is Jesus is sleeping. Now think about this. They're in the midst of a storm. Anybody who's ever been out here on the Banana River or something like that, who's ever gotten caught in just a small a squail and the, the, the waves start coming up and everything like that, little boats start to find the pounding of the waves. And it's up and down. There's the breeze that's going by. There's the, the people are probably screaming and yelling at this point in time because uh, the waves are starting to come into the boat. The boat is starting to fill with water. So it's, it's not a quiet time. It's not where everybody's just kind of going, shh, Jesus is sleeping. It's wildness. It's chaos. They're being buffeted by the storm. Things are coming into the boat. And yet the reality is, is they actually have to awaken Jesus. He doesn't wake up on his own and go, hey, what's going on? He's still asleep. And that upsets the disciples. How do we know it upsets the disciples? It's because of the question they ask. It's not a question, really. It's a statement. Teacher, do you not care that we're about to perish? Do you not care? We're going to die right now. And you're the teacher. You've been telling us about God for days now. Do you not care that we're going to die? Now think about this. A lot of times it's because we think everything's about us, right? We think that we're the center of everything. And we think that Jesus is there for us. Hey, protect my stuff. I come to church, I do my prayers, I do everything right. So now you owe me. This storm needs to go away. You need to protect my things. Don't you care, God? Don't you love us? See, it's a question that we readily ask. And see, the thing is, Jesus led them into the storm because that's precisely because he loved them. So it's not by accident that the disciples find themselves in the storm. It's not by accident we find ourselves preparing for a Category 5 hurricane. God is still sovereign and he's still in control. And he still controls all things. But it's not by accident he brings it there because he wants to what? Test us. He wants to test our faith. That's the question he asks him. Where is your faith? So what he does is he begins to test them spiritually. Now again, here's the reality. You're talking about master sailors. You're talking about fishermen. This is their profession. They knew. They have this. They go out all the time. They've probably been out in some storms. They thought they had it all together. Hey, we can take care of this until they can't. And that's how God deals with us sometimes. He he, thinks that that sometimes if we feel like we're in control, if we can control the situation, if we're um, 
set up for the task at hand, then we can control all the things. If we put all the things together, if we've done everything right, if we put the right straps on to our house, if we're facing the right direction for the storm, if we have the right shutters on, if we have the right insurance, if we have all the things set into place, we're going to come out okay. We don't know that. God, in the course of all he has to do is turn it just a few degrees a little bit west and things can be devastated. It's all up to him. But we get to the place where, again, we think that we are adequate to the task and God puts us into places where he says, you don't, you're not adequate. It doesn't matter how much you think you're ready. You're not. Sinclair Ferguson said this was probably the hardest question ever put to Jesus from the disciples. Do you care? Do you love us? Now think about that as the son of God who is sitting here in this boat in the midst of this storm. The only reason why he's there is because of his love. He's the one who leaves heaven. He's the one who becomes a man. He's the one who is sitting in this boat because his great love for us. His whole mission is to come and fix the curse that we find ourselves in. The earth is crying out, remember? It's always crying out. And it will be until the new creation comes. And so creation's doing what it's supposed to do. And so God is sitting here and he's saying, I'm, I'm the one coming to recreate, to make all things new. So I'm in the midst of the storm because I love you. And the question he asks them is, do you still not know me? Do you still not know me as your teacher? And why are you afraid? Where is your faith? Because in essence, what Jesus is saying to them is there is no safer place to be than to be with Jesus, even in the midst of the storm. That's his point to us. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter the circumstances we find ourselves in. It is always better to be with Christ, to trust him, to know that he is faithful. Even if he was to take all of your possessions, are you okay? As I've grown older, it, it, you know, you find yourself as you go through hurricane after hurricane after hurricane now. I find myself taking less and less stuff. And it's just like, whatever happens, happens. And whatever we come back to, we come back to. And if this building is gone, it doesn't stop Northside from being Northside. You're the church. You're building God's kingdom. We're the ones who would come back and help others who feel like they've lost everything. Because all we have lost is stuff. But we trust in Christ. Again, Sinclair Ferguson says we don't think with emotions, we think with gospel logic that God is in control. He's faithful and he will get us through it in whatever way is best for us. So we trust him, but we ask the question then, who is this? Who is this? Because Jesus is the one who calms the storm. See, he re- is the one who rebuked the elements. He said, be still. And they obeyed. That's what we rest in, that God is doing what God wants to do and that he is the one who's in control. Again, this storm is not outside of God's control. He is solely in control of this storm. He knows exactly where it's going. 
He knows exactly what it's going to do. But Jesus was showing to the disciples and He's showing to us that He's more than just a good teacher. He is the Son of God. He is the Savior that they were waiting for. And His mission is bigger than saving your house. His mission is bigger than your safety. His mission is to save your life and for you to trust Him with all things. And so He looks at them and He says, they have now found, what, another fear. When Jesus talks about them being fearful of the storm, it's a terror, the word that's there. They have a terror of the storm. They're cowards of the storm. When Jesus has the, when Mark has Jesus' words talking about them having a fear after he's calmed the storm, it's a fear of a great fear. They're no longer terrified. They are overwhelmed in awe of who Jesus is. This is the Son of God, the Savior of sinners. And who, listen, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey Him? That's the question. Who is Christ? And do we trust Him in the midst of the storm? Let me finish with this. It's by Pastor Strain, and he gives this quote. He says, our hearts are far too small not to fear, aren't they? The question is, which fear will rule you? The fear that overwhelms us, the panic that we can't, that we won't cope when hard providence comes because we typically feel that way because we think we should be sufficient for every challenge. We're overconfident. We're far too self-assured. See, we've put ourselves at the center of the story. But when you come to realize our life story and the story of all things is the story of Jesus. He's the center of the story. And when you come to trust in Him, rest on Him. When the fear of the Lord holds your heart, all other fears must depart. So which fear is going to rule you? The fear of the storm or the fear of the Lord. See, our hearts fear. I get it. I get it. But are we going to fear the storm or are we going to fear the Lord? Again, I started by saying this is an eyewitness story, probably from Simon Peter. The next time we see Simon Peter is in the book of Acts, and he's in prison. And he's most likely going to be laid, laid, led out the next day to be put to death. And what is he doing? He's sleeping. He's sleeping in the prison, knowing that the next day he might die. And it's an angel that comes into the cell to wake Simon Peter and leads him out. Who are you going to fear? Fear the storm or fear the Lord? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, I know it's easy to say the words. And Lord, if we're honest, none of us want to have any of our possessions ripped from us. We want to have our houses and our cars and our possessions intact. We don't want trees and buildings. We don't want overwhelming floods. We don't want people to get hurt. And so, Father, in a very real way, we still continue to pray that you would send the storm far east and not devastate anyone at all. But, Father, we rest in knowing that you are God and we are not. And Lord, because you are good and you are faithful, you will do the things that you know that are right for your world 
and your kingdom. So, Father, truly calm our fears and let us be in awe of the one who, even if we lose everything, we still have the thing that is of the greatest price, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came to die for our sins, that he gives to us his righteousness because he's not in the grave. He's alive and well and still the Lord of all creation. And it's to you that we give all glory and praise in the good times as well as the bad. To God alone be all the glory and honor. For this we pray in Christ's name and all God's people said, Amen.